Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Storylogue team. This is our third and final discussion of Star Wars <laughs> until another Star Wars thing comes because out. Because no other films came out last year. There wasn't any. It's strange how there was not a single film last year. I do feel like there were no other films. It was just, when you went to cinema, it would just be adverts for Star Wars. That was Mad Max. For the entire year. I, that was episode six and a half, wasn't it? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Pretty dusty. Uh, I like Mad Max. So, episode seven. It was come and gone. It's probably still in the cinemas. It's broken every box office record. It's the enormous success everyone presumed it would be. Um, and... Yet it didn't work because it was rubbish, <laughs> right? <laughs> because like, it was. Why are you looking for uh, me for support? I, I because I feel alone, awash <laughs> in the internet. Everyone else seems to just love it, and I'm just like, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Um, and I remember when I was watching it at first, I was like, I don't think this is going to be very good, but maybe it will be. And it opened up, and I loved it at first. It was better than Star Wars. Like, the first one, it was just so good. I thought Rey was... The way that they did her desire to, like, get off Jakku was done better than Luke's. They did it all and without dialogue. Yeah, that's, thought, that sequence without dialogue yeah. is fantastic. And I thought Poe Dameron was excellent. I loved Poe Dameron. Like, he walked off the set of The Rocketeer or something. You know, <laughs> he gets brought before Kylo Ren, this terrifying Sith villain. And he's like, do you talk first or do I talk first? How does that? How does this work? Like, he's just so funny and cool and The courageous. introduction of Kylo Ren's amazing. Yes, and Finn was really great. I remember, yeah. actually, this when they're having the shootout and they focus on what you later will discover is Finn, but they focus on the stormtrooper. Yeah. And you start seeing it from their point of view and they're panicking and all that stuff. And I was just thinking, we've never seen this before. Mm. This is new. This is new, 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 new. Which is what you wanted when yes. you went to and the so, episode seven. Yeah. And so I was really excited and I, and I could tell, okay, they're on a desert planet. Ray is very much like Luke. Kylo Ren is very much like Darth Vader. There is a computer disc thing inside a droid that everyone is after and the droid is a lot like r2d2 by the way bb8 was also amazing <laughs> uh, the pilot light thing was just hilarious like i love bb8 so but in spite of all that within the first half an hour you still go with it think because there's yeah exactly like, there's enough new and it bits to it yeah and it felt like okay i get what's going to happen so you're starting it on like a desert planet that looks like tatooine You've got similar sort of characters. You've got a similar sort of setup. But what you're going to do is you're going to go out. And once you leave Jakku, they'll find Luke Skywalker by about halfway into the film. And then we'll have this new storyline and these new characters all doing these amazing things. And it'll be great. You're just sending it up in a sort of familiar ground. I get that. And I was really sort of enjoying it. And I just thought the characters were so well done. It was really fun. But as soon as they left the planet, and out of nowhere, Han Solo finds them. And I remembered going, huh, that doesn't work. Because they had this big Star Destroyer in orbit of Jakku. And the Star Destroyer, they stole a TIE Fighter from. And they send all those Stormtroopers down to find Rey and... Not Rey, sorry. They find Finn and Poe and the droid. And they get the Millennium Falcon, shoot some TIE Fighters leave the planet 
And I just sat there going, and the Star Destroyer? Maybe they left the other side of the planet. I don't Can't think... patrol the entire planet. But I, th- I think you can. <laughs> and, and like, I was just like, they didn't go to hyperspace or anything. And then I thought, and then Han Solo ship show up. I'm like, how is the Star Destroyer not... What's going on? And so suddenly I'm like, this doesn't... This has stopped making sense now. And then they started just doing A New Hope. They started just copying okay, Star Wars. Okay, so let's, let's pause there um, yeah. and just mention uh, two things. One we're going to bring into focus because I feel like you could rant about this for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll talk about what doesn't work specifically yes. about it. Okay, so okay. There's, a, there's about four things that don't work. Um, so the other thing before we carry on, yes. if at this point you haven't watched episode seven, then you must be one of three people in the world that hasn't. <laughs> but if you haven't, stop because uh, because uh, Bass is free and easy with his spoilers. <laughs> oh, that's very true. And also, I, we can't talk about what. Go, I presume what. people either are aware that there's going to be spoilers or <laughs> are just like they've already seen it because this isn't like. A, a review this is a critique i guess <laughs> like i'm like this isn't supposed to be something anyway I, you're wrong if you haven't seen if you if you're upset the spoilers it's your fault because there's <laughs> nothing here that even remotely hinted that this wasn't was like no we waited see i can there's there's enough anger and rage inside you now you're redirecting it at people that may or may not be listening to this that's absolutely true <laughs> uh, so let's, let's... I'm, I'm angry at fictitious people uh, <laughs> put, put for, the for lid, something they didn't do put the lid on the rage and let's start uh i suppose with... mad libs are the things to post let's start with the mad okay libs. so star wars the, what i noticed at first i thought was like maybe it'll be just a bit of a cute homage at the beginning uh, with okay, the plans are in the droid. They're on a desert planet. There's a Luke Skywalker type character. There's a Darth Vader type character. Fine. Um, I, for example, I thought Ray was going to be a mechanical genius. I didn't think she would have any force powers at all. I thought that's one of the ways you're going to separate her from Luke is she doesn't have force powers. She's just a mechanical genius. I'll be um, honest. When I was watching it, I in fact no. In in hindsight, going back, I don't think. They knew at the beginning that she was going to have force powers. That's how it felt to me. That's anyway. probably quite true, actually. Uh, because, so, watching that film, I think it would have been much better if there wasn't a Jedi among the three new characters. Because um, it would make Kylo Ren, it would make the dynamic between these characters and the villain a lot more interesting. We've already seen the like, Jedis versus Jedi. We've seen that. We This would have been quite different. A fighter pilot, a stormtrooper, who kind of just knows how to use a sword. Yeah, and a mechanical genius taking on a, a Sith Lord. Considering he's not a full-on Sith Lord, it doesn't make sense to have a full-on Jedi. He's not Vader. Yeah. So you want to lower the scale a little bit. If they're all kids of everyone else and all that stuff, it's like sure. you've got to drop it down a bit. Um, but so the problem was once they went out, once they left Jakku, the the story becomes a Mad Lib of the first Star Wars film, A New Hope. It just becomes a complete Mad Lib of it. To a point where Han Solo even says, so it's a Death Star. And they're like, no, yeah. dude, it's bigger. And he goes, so it's a bigger Death Star. And like, when you've got your main character kind of saying, this is kind of a stupid premise, it kind of should be an indication to you that maybe you need a rewrite. Because that's not a good idea. And we've seen it all. And it was done. It was just a total mad lib. And it's so coasted on this concept of being oh, we're literally just going to copy everything you've seen before, that they didn't even 
they didn't even do anything with it. So, for example, what were the planets blown up by the Starkiller base? I don't know their names. They blew up Alderaan. Oh, in the in, in the original in one, the original, I don't yeah. know what they blew up. And they go, well, they, they say like we're destroying the Republic. I'm like, I don't understand how the Republic works in this world. Like, didn't they win? If it's been thirty years and the Republic's in charge and it's in the same solar system, I guess, as the Starkiller base, how did the Starkiller base get built? Why isn't the Republic stopping them? Why is the Republic called the Resistance if they're in charge? If the First Order isn't actually in charge of the galaxy? There was a feeling that with the um, with the plot in that respect, they kind of reverted to type, obviously. Yes. But, but with the political system as well, within that yeah. story, they just went back to the first one, but there were so many questions right. watching it. Like, what, what was the political situation? I, Why is... Yeah, and we're going to get to how those questions aren't good questions in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah, there's all these things that don't make sense, and the reason that they are going, like, we are literally just copying. It's, it, I say madly because it is a madly, because it's like, okay, the heroes go to underscore name of desert planet yeah like jaku and then they they, it's put into underscore droid bb8 and the plans for blah are in this and and it's just the same thing exactly repeated same characters as well so you don't have yoda but instead you have Have, uh, maz kanata or whatever her name was yeah you don't have yoda it's like what's the opposite of yoda an orange woman (laughs) it's like that's all that they went with and constantly like okay han solo gets into trouble with smugglers again and like han solo was a general at the end of the last one like why is he back to smuggling but and all these kind of things and so the this this whole storyline is just we've literally you've completely copied that plot and you haven't done anything to make that plot new and you're just skimming over stuff because you know that the audience is just kind of so familiar with this plot line and so in a way it was like um it was just so so empty i mean captain phasma is probably the best example of this she looked so awesome i mean at first it's like she looks like boba fett but it's pretty cool that she's dressed like a stormtrooper she's in chrome I mean, the cape is cool. And, oh, whoa, it's played by Gwendolyn Christie. So it's this tall, six-foot-and-a-half, beautiful woman, blonde bombshell-type thing. Like, okay, let's see that. And well, she doesn't do anything over the course of the film. Um, and, and yet, like, what was the point of that character? Snoke, or Snope, or whatever his name is, who's just another emperor. Hux, who is Tarkin. Uh, Kylo Ren becomes just a Darth Vader clone. Rey is Luke Skywalker. BB-8 is R2-D2. On and on it goes. Every character is just a rip-off of another character, with the exception of Finn and Poe. Yes. Finn and Poe are the only two new things in that. Poe is what Wedge could have been. Wedge yeah. Antilles in the first in the trilogy was the guy who helped Luke Skywalker destroy both Death Stars, right? Uh, he was really cool, but he was always in the background. I mean, you, unless you're a Star Wars fan, you probably don't know who he is. So they took that and made him a main character in Poe, which was really cool. And Finn is brand new and wonderful. I mean, the cast is great, but like, yeah, yeah. it's just like the, these characters are so empty. There's nothing there. The storyline is not there. It's okay, just a so it doesn't it doesn't work because it's a Mad Lib, but yeah. that's not the only problem. No, you see. Oh, by the way, the difference between a Mad Lib and like a reboot or a remake. 
is a reboot or a remake has purpose behind things. So, for example, when you reboot uh, James Bond, okay? I mean, James Bonds are very familiar, right? Yeah. They're almost formulaic. Um, when you reboot Spider-Man and give him his origin again or whatever, they do a remake. <laughs> Which they're going to have to do again soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whenever they do that, there's always a purpose behind it. Getting the audience into it, starting again, freshening it. So, for example, if you take a look at the, the second, Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. what they decided to do with that is like, okay, we're not going to do the whole... You don't know who the burglar is, all that stuff. We're not going to play the mystery angle because, and that revelation, we can't do that. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to drive it a bit deeper into the character and we're going to center it much more around Oscorp because for this franchise, Oscorp is going to be the center of every bad thing that happens. Sure. And so on. And so it's going to be a lot tighter. And so when they did that remake, there was a purpose behind it. I mean, I really like The Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, yeah, really well. it worked. And I thought the origin in Amazing Spider-Man is better than any origin they've ever done for Spider-Man in comics, in TV, in film, where it's the best one. Yeah. So they remade it and they gave it something different and they there was a purpose behind the remake. They had to change things to tell a certain form of the story. Okay. A Mad Lib is literally a Mad Lib. It is just... This event follows, this event follows, this event follows, just as they did before. We're going to change only superficial traits, such as the name of the planet, such as the shape of the droid. Okay? Or the gender or of the, the gender character. of the main character, yeah. exactly. We're just going to change superficial elements, but everything else will play the same. But because these characters aren't motivated and because the plot isn't following uh, falling its own causality, it becomes just this empty string of unconnected events. Sure. And so that's why it's not a it's not like, oh, they just remade it. They didn't remake it. They did. They copied it. They did a mad lip. Yeah. It's also, they called it, you know, it's episode seven. It's the seventh film. You yes, expect exactly. something new. You expect it to move on. It's right. The, you didn't go into it thinking this is going to be a right. reboot. I mean, Return of the Jedi is a lot sim very is is like a safe sequel. It's very yeah. similar to A New Hope, but it's also kind of very similar to Empire Strikes Back with the duel between Vader and Luke. Yeah. So what Return of the Jedi it does is it pays off these recurring themes and kind of just pays it off. And so Return of the Jedi is the weakest of the original trilogy, but it's like satisfying because it's not just a remake. It's it's a sort of like a, a send off, the yeah. crescendo of it. So it's building up out of these things. Episode seven is just the remake. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's let's move on from the Mad Lib then. Yeah. Uh, another problem. Another reason episode doesn't uh, episode seven does not work. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the that whole storyline, that Mad Lib storyline about Starkiller Base, is actually the subplot. It's not the central plot of the story. The central plot of the story is Luke Skywalker. Now uh, you 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 raised this and I. I queried it, well. and there's a very good reason why Luke is the central plot. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's the first line. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Skywalker has vanished. The entire opening crawl of Episode 7 is, Luke has vanished. It's really, really important where he is. The First Order need to kill him in order to solidify their grasp on the galaxy. And the Resistance are desperately trying to stop them from finding him. However, they have found a clue to a map, to a map of a clue, that is where Luke Skywalker is. And so we have sent their daring pilot to go get the clue. And Luke, 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 Luke. Luke, Luke. Luke. And then the very opening scene is all about where is Luke? Where is Luke? Where's the droid? What's going on with Luke Skywalker? Where's Oh, there's there's another Death Star. 
And suddenly, out of nowhere, there's another Death Star. And then they just go off on this whole tangent that has nothing to do with the central plot of the story. And the central plot of the story, Luke Skywalker is the MacGuffin for that storyline. And he's not in the film. So all they do is they come up with this storyline. They hook you. They then stop, bring in an entire rehash of A New Hope. And then at the very end of the film, go, and Luke is on this planet. We don't know why. We don't know what it means. We don't know why he's upset when he sees Rey. We don't know anything about it. This moment is supposed to be act two. Yeah. That's act two of the film. The film Which is why that ending is not satisfying. It's, it's, not, it. it's because it's not an ending. It's yeah. the second half of the inciting instant <laughs> is what it actually is. In fact, you could take, with the exception of like Han Solo's death, which actually was, I thought, done it pretty was, well. Yeah, it, it, um, it was good. Except I don't know why it had to be on a gantry, on a bridge, other than to evoke Empire Strikes Back. And I'm like, why? Because if it, <laughs> Luke Skywalker was the one on the gantry. You can't even let them have that as a no, good moment. No, it was moment. just so... That was really sh- <laughs> I was like, why is he on a bridge? Because it's Empire, really? Shouldn't Han die in a place that's more fitting Han? As opposed to that? But I liked... I thought they set up well that this was um, Kylo Ren's, like test of how he was going to be a dark lord yeah but then uh, and then snoke is like oh now i'll finish your training like i think he's finished his training (laughs) like what more is left for him to do snoke was terrible idea snoke is just awful like he makes no sense but anyway we'll we'll come to that Uh, yes we'll come to snoke (laughs) so the thing is this MacGuffin uh is luke skywalker and the MacGuffin, by the way is a specific action term okay and what it is is the MacGuffin is the thing that allows um, the villain to control the power of life and death of the victim. In other words, the villain needs the MacGuffin to pull off their thing. And so the MacGuffin is always, it can be anything. In um, in Die Hard, the MacGuffin is the detonators. Yeah. The detonators, whoever has the detonators can blow up the building, can therefore pull off Hans Gruber's feet. So while John McClane has the detonators, Hans Gruber can't get away with it. And while Hans Gruber has the detonators, he can get away with it. Yeah. Uh, he does. It's not that he wants to necessarily kill a whole bunch of people. It's that he has to kill a whole bunch of people to get what he wants. Yeah. And so the MacGuffin is what will let him achieve that. In some stories, the MacGuffin is a character. The like the most obvious example is Neo in the Matrix. He's the MacGuffin. Whoever has control of Neo has control over the battle in the Matrix. So long as Morpheus and that lot have control over Neo, they can win the war. If the agents get control of Neo or kill Neo, the the guys from Zion, they've all lost, right? So a person can be the MacGuffin. And in fact, the villain can also be a MacGuffin. The shark in Jaws is its own MacGuffin, right? So the MacGuffin is is just this aspect uh, of how desire works in action stories. You have a MacGuffin and depending on how it's being used and controlled, tells you if the villain's closer to succeeding or further away from succeeding. In episode 7, Luke Skywalker, from the opening crawl, is very clearly the MacGuffin of the story. BB-8 with the plans is not the MacGuffin. He's only part of the MacGuffin. They have to find Luke, right? But Luke is actually the MacGuffin. The map doesn't give them any power. The droid doesn't give them any power. It's Luke that is the power over life and death the first order if they can kill luke they win if the resistance can save luke and get luke back on their side they win so he is the MacGuffin. he's not in the film and that's why the story doesn't turn 
They That opening crawl ends with they send their daring pilot down to get the data. He gets the data. Cut to they plug the data into BB-8 in R2-D2. The map shows up and they just go to Luke. And it's just riddled with coincidence. It's a deus ex machina that they get there even. Like R2-D2 just happens to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was that moment. Yeah, there's a huge amount of contrivance in that in the film to get them from one place to the other, which is well, part as, of that Madlib problem. As there is in the original, though, surely. The original, the, the contrivance that there is, like what contrivance is there in the original? So the plans get put on a droid that gets yes. shot to a desert planet, and yes. one of the first people that happens to find them is the um, is Luke. Well, Jawas. Or ja- yeah, Jawas, yeah. and then and then Luke. Yeah. Okay. Is that's, that not coincidence? That's the, yeah, that's in the first, what, 20 minutes? Oh, but, so they get away with it because it's earlier in the we, film. Yeah, coincidence is fine at the beginning because we get yeah. that's how you get into it. It's just how you get out of it. And coincidence in the last 10 minutes is not acceptable. That's called <laughs> Deus Ex Machina. Was that, was that R2-D2 coincidence in the last 10 minutes? Yeah, I think so. He I just, know it was towards he the He wakes end. up, goes beep, beep, boop, and then gives them the map. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, that's where Luke is on a planet of islands. And then they go to the planet of islands and there's Luke. And it's just... How long did it even take? Like, so that that whole when search that, thing doesn't. When, work. when when they came up with the map, I suddenly thought, okay, I see where you're going now. Yeah. Um, episode eight is going to be what I thought seven was going to be the search for Luke. Yes, fine. Um, and then all of a sudden it's done. Yeah, I can't help but feel that they've um, misused yeah. or wasted this turning point. They've, they misused and wasted it in a lot of ways because uh, Luke uh, Skywalker, his character. His all it doesn't make even sense why he's vanished. It's out of character for him to vanish. This is what I mean by contrivance. Characters aren't doing things because it's natural for them to be doing it. They're doing it because they are they need to be here in order for this scene to happen. So Luke Skywalker, for example, the whole thing about that character that not even Obi-Wan or Yoda thought was possible. Luke did the absolute impossible, which is he turned Vader back to the light side. That's the thing. He turned a character from the dark side to yeah. the light. And that's the thing no one thought is possible to be done. You cannot do this. Yeah. Obi-Wan is like, you can't do that, Luke. It's not possible. And he was like, mm, impossible it is. Luckily, sister there is. You know, like everyone is like, you yeah. cannot do this. Luke pulled it off. So why is Luke running away when one of his students turns to the dark side? Wouldn't it be much better if Luke is front and center in episode seven? And he's like, Han, the only way to turn Kylo Ren back to the light side is you. He won't listen to anyone else, but trust me, I know what it takes to turn someone to the light side. You need to do it. And Han is terrified of Kylo Ren, which he was in the film, which I really liked. But he finally builds up that courage. He finally goes, okay, Luke, I trust you. He goes up to Kylo. Kylo kills Han, and that's why Luke runs. And so then you've got episode eight, The Search for Skywalker. And episode eight opens with Luke Skywalker has vanished, <laughs> right? Well, this and you is... go, oh, I get why he ran because Kylo Ren is a type of evil he's not prepared for. Yeah, he's the exact reverse of Luke. Uh, you know, Luke when he was confronted with his father refused to kill him, even though his father was Vader. This guy, he's confronted with his father, who's a wonderful human being, hmm. and he kills him. He's the direct opposite. Luke is terrified, and he's like, I was wrong. Obi-Wan was right. Yoda was right. They were all right. But if I they used this wonderful fix, then they, <laughs> then they wouldn't have had the mystery. 
behind Luke not being there, which is <laughs> yes, that's a good my segue. own contrived segue into no, the, next, a good segue. the next section, yes, which so, is um, the mystery. Yes, there's all seven. these mysteries in the film, right? There's all these questions of like, who's raised uh, parents? And who's Snoke? And who is... What's, why, is why did Luke run? And why is Luke scared? And what's going on with Luke at the end? And, uh, and like, these aren't good questions. These aren't questions that you are supposed to be asking. Like, for example, the question of what was the name of the planets that the Starkiller yeah. blew up? That's not a question you're meant to ask. And the question of what is the political system? What is how? Yeah, right how does now? the political system work? These aren't questions. The big difference between... You see, mystery... Uh, what happens with mystery when it's done properly is the audience is intrigued. And what that means is they are they know exactly what questions they should be asking... They know where the answers are, but they don't know what the answer to the question is. Yeah. Like, who killed so-and-so in a murder mystery? Sure. Like, who's the killer? You know you're supposed to be asking who the killer is. You can follow the clues, so you're paying attention to that, and you know what you don't know and what you do know, and you know what the answer's going to be, where, or rather, in the sense, you know, okay, it's going to be somebody. Um, but what this is, is it's a bamboozling of questions. You have no idea which questions you're supposed to be asking because they're all thrust at you at the same intensity and none of them have any answers. None of them have any clues to being resolved or anything like that. Why are they doing what they're doing? No one knows why they're doing. Well, how did they get the lightsaber? We don't know. Is that a mystery? I was going to mention the lightsaber because, Yeah. yeah, is it a mystery or does this question come from a plot hole? Exactly, you know, and that happens a, new, a number of times. But the lightsaber was the the big yeah. one that I couldn't. As soon as that popped yeah, talkie up, talkie the lightsaber, talkie the lightsaber. All of a sudden, lightsabers can choose who holds them. Come and pick me up, Ray. <laughs> oh, gee, Wilkers, Ray. Let's go and stop Kylo Ren. Like I couldn't believe that they did that. Um, but so, okay, here's the difference in mystery. When a mystery's done properly, you're intrigued. Yeah, this is just confusing. And frustrating. Yeah. So there's all these ridiculous questions that we should be asking. Like, I remember, I've made this point. At the end of Star Wars, the one question you asked was, is there going to be another one? When's it coming out? At the end of A Force Awakens, the questions are, who's that guy? What happened? Why did that thing happen? What was the name of that planet that got blown up? What was that all about? What about this? What about that? And it's just constant, unending questions. Unending, and people go, well, the answers are there. It's like, the answers aren't there. The answers are there if you want to put them in there. But, like, what does the film actually give us any answers to of anything? Why did Luke run? Because Kylo Ren uh, turned evil. No. Why did Luke run? Why did he run to an island palace? Why, why, why is he there? It's hardly a palace. Well, whatever it was. I'm presuming <laughs> he doesn't live out on the, on the coast like that. Like, why did he run there? Why has he run away for so long? Why is he scared of Kylo Ren? He's Luke Skywalker. Do you do you get a sense? What's the motivation for this character running away? Calm the anger. Calm the <laughs> you know what I mean? We talked about this. Like, I'm telling you, I don't get it. <laughs> Where is there a sense that any of these questions are going to be answered? In yeah, in episode in episode eight, they are saying, "Don't worry, we'll answer them," and they might. Okay. I don't know if they will. Does this lead us? Neatly, more neatly than the last segue. I thought the last segue was fine, but oh, yeah, this you. does this does lead fine into long form. <laughs> so yeah. we've had okay. So MacGuffin is a problem. Yes, Luke, Luke the MacGuffin. Yes, um, the Mad Living. Luke MacGuffin Walker. Uh, 
Mad Libbing, yeah. yeah, and the mystery, the questions that are uh, asked yeah. but not answered, and then right. the last problem is the long form problem, which is the whole film is a two-hour setup for episode eight. There are no payoffs in this film. The only payoff in this film is what Han Solo's death. That's it. There's no payoff. The them meeting Luke is not a payoff. It's it's still a setup. It's the setup. It's not the payoff. There's no, nothing in this film pays off. It's just set up, set up, set up for two hours. And uh, it ends. And the idea of it is that we're doing a long-form story. Uh, and so episode eight's going to pick up with this one left off. But the problem is, is that's not what good long-form is. Good long-form is where setups pay off. And then the payoffs become subsequent setups. The best example of this would be, of course... Darth Vader, I am your father. Yeah. It's an enormous payoff, but it's the setup for Return of the Jedi. There is no payoff in Force Awakens. It's just setup, 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 setup. And so what it really is, and there's all these things in it, such as who is Rey? Why is C-3PO's arm red? Like, is that a question we're supposed to ask? <laughs> they actually make a point. Oh, look what's happened. My arm is different. Why have you brought this up? Am I supposed? Is that an important plot point for something somewhere? No, it's probably going to be revealed in a comic book series somewhere else, or a TV show or something. And what you realize is all these questions, all these constant setups. The whole point of Episode Seven is to be an advert for the Star Wars franchise that's about to come. For Episode Eight, for Episode Nine, for the, the Rogue One spin-off. Yeah. The I'm guessing these new characters will have their own spin-off trilogies. Um, the Han Solo prequel that apparently they want to do. Uh, the TV shows, the comic books, all these things. They want to create a whole sort of expanded sort of universe type thing, mm. the way Marvel has done, right? That Marvel have got their TV series and this. But they the want difference to do that. being... The difference being is that those things are... The strength of the film generates the franchise. In this case, this is an advert for a franchise we are going to get. Yeah. The, the Force Awakens has no nothing in it. Remember how I mentioned uh, that the whole franchise is built on the turn, Luke, I am your father. Like, the whole franchise is built yeah. on that. Force Awakens does not have that. It, and it, there's nothing being promised either is going to replace that. What we're being told in Episode 7 is, okay, Star Wars is empty, it's done, it's finished, but don't worry, we've got all these new characters... And they're going to be really cool later. Trust us. Here are some <laughs> films coming. And what drives me crazy is the opening of the film with Finn and Poe and Ray and Kylo Ren is so good. If they had just kept that going, they wouldn't need to do a two-hour advert because that would have been incredible. Those characters are great. They're really fun. So um, they've they, what they did is they kind of hamstringed themselves. They went, okay, here are these great new characters, but we're not going to do anything with them now. Here's just a rehash of the force of the original Star Wars film, and trust us, there's going to be a franchise coming. And I'm just like, I'd rather see the franchise. I just, I would rather just see the films, rather than being told about films that are going to come. Mm. And it's a very pernicious thing that's kind of happening. It happened in TV a lot, but it's happening in films, even Marvel films. I mean, I saw the trailer for Civil War, and it just looked like. Um, things on the cutting room floor of the Avengers films. It just it's a, a homogenous yeah. mess. And Batman v Superman, okay, I have the fever, I'm really excited, <laughs> but there's a part of me that goes, I also know that this is a big setup for the Justice League. Right. And 
there's these constant things where it's like it's okay if you want to have a franchise and you're going to build on it and set it up but you've got to think in terms of how all the great franchises always did this which was the way that Star Wars did it Harry Potter did it and so each on. film needs to be each film has to actually be worth watching yeah it can't just be an advert for something to come later it actually has to pay stuff off now and that's that's the that's the that's why they don't do it because it's so difficult but the whole thing of long form writing is your payoffs have to keep turning into setups yeah. and those setups keep having to turn into payoffs that create new setups it's really hard it's like a juggernaut it just has to keep going when you do it right it's really rewarding when you do it wrong it's just a trailer for something else to come later can i um, can i throw something in for another reason why it didn't work for me just yeah, before we wrap it. this up yeah was in um, in in fantasy, we yeah. talked about, um, I think in the first Star Wars one, uh, yeah. about internally consistent realities. Yeah. And what yeah, yeah. bothered me with the character of Rey was that they broke the rules of the Force that they set up in they the did. other movies. They did, yeah. Um, and that bothered me. Yeah, because all of a sudden she's this expert who can do Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, fight with a light. Like I love that Finn knew how to use a lightsaber because he was a stormtrooper, so he's properly military trained. Yeah, that's why Luke couldn't use one because he's not trained militaristically. He was just a farm boy. But Finn is actually a stormtrooper. Yeah, of course. That's why he knows how to use a lightsaber. Like that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. But Ray is a scavenger. So suddenly being able to yeah manipulate people's minds and then force grab and, and etc. Beat Kylo Ren is ridiculous, and, they, and you know, and I knew that they were building that up when they have Kylo Ren shot and injured. Yeah, and it didn't feel true to the world to me. So no, it, just it didn't. Stuck out. And also, there was this whole thing about people have complained on the internet that like, why do you think Kylo Ren is such a wimp? When he got shot with Chewie's gun, they keep making a point of how powerful Chewie's gun is. He gets shot with it, yet he's still able to fight. Like That shows how tough he really is. And it's like, no, the reason people think he's a wimp is because everyone keeps calling him a wimp. Yeah, He's constantly undermined throughout the film. He has temper tantrums. He has temper tantrums, he's undermined. Like the very beginning of the film, the first yeah. scene, he's terrified. Where he stops the laser? Yeah. Oh jeez! So he's just amazing, and then after that, he just like not only that, the scene after that where he walks into Poe, yeah, uh, interrogation goes like, "You know, you won't break. You're really tough." And he's like, "You might want to change your methods." And he's like, "Okay," and he just puts his hand near his face. Poe starts screaming. Cut to it's in a droid, and he's like, "Oh, he's scary." Yeah. And then after that, it just like, "Yeah, your hands, kid." And so an interesting thing about villains: villains need mystery to be menacing. Yeah. They also need to be attractive, they need to be repulsive, they need to be powerful and so forth. And we have this whole thing in action stories where there are speeches in praise of the villain and in mockery of the hero. And yeah. sometimes praise in, of the hero, mockery of the villain. And that balance is really important. And Kylo Ren starts off really mysterious, really attractive, really re morally repulsive as well. Because there's no remorse. Mm. And then suddenly uh, he just becomes repulsive really. I mean, all the mystery is drained out of him completely. Um, he's not particularly attractive anymore as people keep mocking him. And they keep mocking him and praising Rey. So that at the end, when Rey beats Kylo Ren, it doesn't feel like, oh, she just got out by the skin of her teeth. It feels like she beat up this little guy. Even Kylo Ren is impressed with how hard she is. And it's just like, if the villain is scared of the hero, it's not going to be particularly dramatic. 
sort of removes the tension somewhat. It doesn't work. It's not going to be exciting. So. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap this up then. Yeah. How, what, how can we um, pick apart any of what we've said and apply it to um, our writing? What's the what's the what's if you could boil it down? What's the one thing you need to take away from um, from, 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 from episode one. seven? Yeah, you can't just you you have to know the difference between setup and payoff. You have to understand causality. Uh, you can't just have contrived events follow one another because another film did that and that film was successful. You can't just um, shotgun questions at the audience and expect it to be mysterious you actually have to understand that the audience is going to see this in a causal fashion and they're going to be asking questions forward in time and looking for the answers backwards in what they've already seen and they're going to follow through like that and you can't just bamboozle them and which is what episode seven has done and episode seven has done extremely well and i think it's done extremely well because the opening is very good and I think um, people are... I honestly think people are dazzled by it. They're just dazzled. The old characters are back. It's not boring in the way that the prequels were. Yeah. It, it, people say it feels like Star Wars. And I think it... It does feel like it Star does, Wars. It does, right? Because it is Star Wars. Because it's a total rip-off. Exactly. And so they, it does evoke Star Wars. It's so nostalgic. And I think once that dazzlement is gone... Episode 8 is going to be really telling. If episode... Because if episode 8 is really, really good, Force Awakens will be forgiven. Yeah. But just as I was pointing out when I said, like, in the original trilogy, you know, Return of the Jedi started to show its age. The first Star Wars is actually really dated. Mm. Like, it's fun, but it's really dated. And really, the only thing that really, really holds up properly is Empire. And so they not, need another empire. Well, the thing is, like, episode, no episode seven is. I I wouldn't be surprised within five years, ten years, if episode seven isn't just if if people just go, oh, it was it was great when it first came out, but yeah, it's really not good. Like it it will not the the people people who love episode seven at the moment will not love it in a few years, like the Avengers. Yeah, like Avengers already, it's just exhausted. Like it's not fun to watch, and episode seven will just die out. I think, anyway. Which is a shame, because I really wanted it to be good. And I think it started off so well. well. Just watch the first half an hour on loop. If you watch that four I, times, you've got I actually really do movie. want to watch the first half hour again. I really <laughs> loved the first half hour. I was just so impressed with it. but And then they just... Oh, well, anyway. Okay, that that's it. No more Star Wars. No more Star Wars. Until Three episode and out. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>